Richard. Yeah, we got to laugh though. I mean, when you talk, talk about some of the salaries some of these people are making at some of these banks and credit unions. But let's hit that in a, in a minute here. But let me just kind of go back to kind of a, a re, I'll call it a repeat newsflash relative to Equifax. And if you don't know what to do, I know my, my spouse and I, we were in there as we got hit. Nothing yet that I can tell in terms of ID theft, but uh, we took the necessary steps I up to a certain point. I'm not selling LifeLock, but I did that. The Chinese, uh, what, three, four years ago, three years, two years ago, they hacked into the Office of Personnel Management for the United States government. So if you ever apply for a federal job, all of your information is in there. So the government, the OPM, graciously extended free credit monitoring for about three years. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how detailed. I don't know how comprehensive their monitoring system is. But naturally, I made sure I got that, you know, and uh, picked up LifeLock after this most re- recent thing. And what we were going to do was freeze our credit, which costs you money. So you get whacked from both sides. You know, the consumer between the ridiculous tax code and what's been going on in the financial industry since forever. I mean, look what happened back in 2008. That was all criminal. So if you have a credit report, yeah, there's a good chance you're one of the 143 million Americans that got whacked, right, by this by by the crooks that roamed the halls, the proverbial cyber halls of Equifax from mid-May through July. <laughs> what they do, put out a coffee and a couch with these creeps. They access people's names, their Almighty social security numbers, which unfortunately have become a personal ID number, which they were never intended to be. Okay. It was just, you know, for retirement purposes, right? To save money, birth dates, addresses, and in some instances, driver's license numbers. They also stole credit card numbers for about 209,000 people, along with dispute documents with personal information, identifying information for about 182 grand. 182,000 people, and they grab personal information of people in the uh, UK and our good friends in Canada. So there are steps you can take to help protect your information from being misused. <laughs> Go to their website. Good luck to you. Okay, I did that. What a nightmare. Find out if your information was exposed. It'll tell you that. All right? Make sure uh, you're on a secure, uh, secure computer or an encrypted network connection anytime you enter your social security number. And they'll let you know if you've been victimized between May and July. Why don't they just knock on my door? I just wrote it down and give it to them. What the heck? Anyway, <laughs> what's the point? All right. Whether or not your information was exposed, United States consumers can get a year of free credit monitoring and other services. The site will give you a date when you can come back to enroll. Write down the date and come back to the site and click enroll on that date. And you have until January, 2000, January 31st, 2018 to enroll. Check your credit reports, gang, all right, from Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion for free by visiting annualcreditreport.com, annualcreditreport.com. In addition to that, you can, uh, accounts or activities that you don't recognize (laughs) could indicate identity theft. Visit identitytheft.gov to find out what you do. Now, it says consider... Placing a credit freeze on your files, it makes it harder for someone to open a new account in your name. 
Keep in mind that a credit freeze won't prevent a thief from making charges to existing accounts. So monitor, gang. Monitor your existing credit card and bank accounts closely for changes you don't recognize. Watch out for the little ones. All right? You see a dollar here, a dollar there. That could be a test run on your account. So make sure you really stay pay close attention to it. The luxury of online banking is also, you know, it's also a nightmare scenario as well. Uh, there's just not enough locks on the system, you know. And, God, I miss the old days. If you decide against a credit freeze... Consider placing a fraud alert on your files. All right, so you got to go through all this stuff. A fraud alert warns creditors that you may be an identity theft victim and that you should verify, blah, blah, blah. File your taxes early as soon as you have the tax information you need before a scammer can. Tax identity theft happens when someone uses your SS number to get a tax refund or a job. I don't have to worry about that because I'm not getting anything back. Hack away! <laughs> And then maybe the thief can go pay what we owe him. So there are steps you can take. And not pretty. Now, I'm fascinated by the salaries you pulled up. Let's let's just hear a few of them. Now, this is not to say that they don't earn these. Oh, no. This one is a completely unearned zero hours a week. Well, well, the, well. Go for it. The former executive vice president of Service Credit Union, Mr. William Newt, uh, <laughs> Newman. Yeah. Takes in yeah five hundred eighty thousand dollars a year from them. And what is for he, zero hours of work? He doesn't have to work, and he's getting that kind of money. Nope, no work. He's not working, but he's getting five. IRS nine ninety shows him as zero hours a week on average. <laughs> you gotta laugh. This this is a theater of the absurd. I say that's ridiculous. And Gordon Simmons, the president and CEO of Service Credit Union, yes, is making one point eight million a year. Wow. This is all uh, online. ProPublica's uh, nonprofit Explore. They have to file 990s, which are public information. I give up. <laughs> Why did I go to college? No, I think it's, um, you know, I know that maybe, I don't know. Do they earn, what do they do to earn that? I mean, in other words, what's, what's the return? In other words, what do you bring to the table where someone says, you know what? You're worth this. I don't, I, maybe I have a little bit of Bolshevik at heart, but, you know, I know what the disparity is in terms of the CEO, you know, the average CEO pay, right? Well, that disparity is a little off because that doesn't factor in the CEOs of small businesses who make like a hundred grand a year. That's like Fortune 500 CEOs. Yeah. And the thing about it, you know, if if you're up in those upper tax brackets, you, you know, there's a way, there's, the tax code, if I'm not mistaken, well, does does a pretty good job protecting protecting one, right? Am I right? Well, also, capital gains is lower than the average tax rate, so you have a lot of people who make their money off of stocks who pay lower taxes because it's not considered income. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I try not to think about it. I mean, God has been very good to me and my family and whatnot, you know, and I mean, if you have to me, if you have what you need, you know, you know, you don't need a lot of things to make you happy. You just need to, just need to be happy, right? And that's my little pontification for the day. Let's look at some. Of, you know, let's think about how about this? How about some dumb criminals? Let's look at that. How about this one? William Anderson, fifty-one years of age, was arrested after attracting attention by applying for welfare at the Department of Social Services in Virginia while driving an H two Hummer. Thinking it an odd sight, the local sheriff ran the place, and the vehicle came up stolen. 
<laughs> he was foiled when he realized that he couldn't drive a car with this. Oh, wait. Oh, never mind. Yeah, so he stole it, and he was going to apply into welfare. Here's another one. In West Palm Beach, things were looking up for Frank Singleton, 21, as he was released from jail. However, when he realized that he didn't have a ride home, he walked straight into the prison parking lot and attempted to carjack a woman. Good work. He was foiled when he realized that he couldn't drive a car with a stick shift. And he was rearrested, this time for felony carjacking. Singleton told police that he simply... I didn't feel like walking. Good one. You're right. Jails are full of that. Now hiring. Athens, Georgia. Demetrius Robinson, 28, wanted to rob a golden pantry store late one night. But he needed to pass the time as naturally as possible until he and the clerk were alone. So he decided to fill out a job application. (laughs) Not a bad idea, except he left his real name on the application along with his uncle's phone number. After he robbed the store, it didn't take long for a police to track him down. He didn't get the job, by the way. Which reminds me, when I was working for us in SIU and uh, working undercover with my good friend and partner at the time, Frank Swerko, when we would deal with the drug dealers, sometimes we would tag team them. We needed to be able to identify them specifically with date of birth and all that in order to secure arrest warrants that were valid, right? So we used to tell them, listen, you know, I know you're probably making some money dealing them crack and whatnot, you know, but we, we all have a bit, we have a cleaning business on the side. Would you want to go to work for us? Ah, sure, you know, I'll do that. So we haven't filled out a fake job application with their date of birth, SS number, the whole shebang. <laughs> yeah, unwittingly knowing that we were cops in disguise. <laughs> Here's the worst burglar. Amateur, this is in Fort Myers. Amateur criminal and professional dimwit. Christopher Cron created his own personal how not to commit burglary instruction video, instructional video when he tried to rob a restaurant after closing one night. Mistake number one, he tripped the alarm when he broke in. Mistake number two, he failed to flee after hearing the not silent alarm. Mistake number three, when ADT called the restaurant after being notified of the alarm, he answered the phone. Mistake number four, he gave the ADT employee his real name. (laughs) Mistake number five, when he finally got the bright idea to leave, all he took was a bottle of Grand Marnier and a beer. Mistake number six, having gotten away with the crime, he returned to the restaurant the next day and was recognized by an employee who had seen the surveillance video. He was arrested on the spot. Oh, 816 here in Gerardo Large. I'm your host. Sitting in for the irascible, ubiquitous Rich Gerard, who's off today. I hope he's doing something pleasant with his wonderful he's family. Huh? He's listening to us. Oh, he is, huh? Sitting there Just how little lazy. Sitting there in his Spongebob jammies. <laughs> he's wrecking my show. I can't stand this guy. <laughs> is there a dominant elevator? This one's an Oslo, Norway. Two men in their early 20s, age and IQ, <laughs> decided to vandalize an elevator in a train station by violently kicking the closed doors while they were still inside. The doors jammed, the elevator stopped, and it sounded an alarm that alerted security guards. The guards tried to lower the elevator, but the doors jammed even more. So they called the police and the fire department, and they were eventually freed and promptly sent to Zohuskau. And they were also, her actions were recorded on the elevator security camera, which is probably viral on the internet someplace, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Here we go. Here's a good one. You're going to like this one. This one is from Ostenrake, Sweden. A 56-year-old woman's boldly dumb defense in her trial for a drink and driving was that the alcohol did not affect her driving because she had kept one eye closed, avoiding double. <laughs> she was sent to... Not one, but two months in prison. <laughs> Isn't this great? <laughs> Love it. Uh, this happened recently, too, here in Manchester, where the guy let uh, a little kid drive the car. You see that one? Yeah. Good one. Well, I think the kid was like nine <laughs> driving the guy around. 
<laughs> one of the stop signs, you know. Anyway, here's one from Bristol, Tennessee. In his stunted way of thinking, Randy Lewis, 43, was at least trying to be responsible by not drunk driving during a beer run. Good guy. Way to go. Instead, he had his 10-year-old son drive. <laughs> the boy proceeded to crash the car and an estimated 90 miles an hour. <laughs> Wow. The elder, I shouldn't laugh. That's ridiculous. The elder Lewis had not only a blood alcohol content over three times the state limit, but he also had cocaine in his system. Dad of the year. Not to mention two other children in the vehicle. Yeah. Lewis was charged with drunk driving, reckless endangerment, and child abuse, and was booked wearing a T-shirt reading, quote, Buy this dad a beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank I hope nobody was hurt. This is ridiculous. It's eight eighteen or in Gerard Large as we slowly wind up. Things were we have the privilege of a recorded interview uh and uh, some tale time, story time, uh history time from the um the late Dr. Cooper about Columbus Day, of which today is Columbus Day. Right, wrong, indifferent. Non Durham it's not. What is it? Non Durham it's Columbus No, it's Day. in indigenous. indigenous Peoples Day. All right then. Sounds good. <sighs> How about one one more? Note to self from Marysville, California. Arthur Cheney, sixty four, was arrested after police spotted him driving a car a car that resembled one used in a local bank robbery. Something told them that they had their man when they noticed the yellow posted note on the car's center console with a handwritten message reading quote robbery dash one hundreds and fifties only. <laughs> Oh, man. How'd you like to be the lawyer defending that guy? Your Honor, he, he robbed the bank to buy post-it notes. He was all out. <laughs> I have one more. This one's from Poland. Now, I am of Polish heritage. And you know what I don't take offense to? You know what I don't care about? And it doesn't make me uncomfortable at all. The sheer volumes of Polish jokes that are out there. I think some of them are absolutely hilarious. Okay? Bring them on. I love it. Polish author Christian Bala, 34, might have gotten away with murder <laughs> if he hadn't written a book about it. <laughs> Written about it in his book. His 2003 novel, Amok, A-M-O-K, became a bestseller in Poland, but he paid the price when police noticed that the details of the murder in the book eerily matched those of an unsolved 2000 case. The similarities led the police to investigate further, discovering connections between Bala and the victim, including the fact that the victim was romantically involved with Bala's ex-wife. Pretty cool. Anyway, although it was proven that the author was the sole perpetrator, he was sentenced to 25 years in jail, or his part in the crime. Talk about authenticity, right? Nonfiction. And with that said, it's time to pay some bills. I will be signing out as we have some archives and we have a great, uh, a, a great Columbus Day tutorial from the late Dr. Julian Cooper with our beloved host, Rich Gerard. I'm Dr. C. Jeff Sarnick from Southern Hampshire University College of Online and uh, Continuing Education. I'll be signing off. Have a wonderful day. God bless everyone, and please be safe.